And as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do you know part of kingdom culture is the preaching of the gospel along with signs and wonders? You know, signs and wonders, when you look at the definitions in the Greek New Testament, signs and wonders have to do with healings, deliverances, miracles, baptisms of the Holy Spirit. Basically, anywhere God's power is being released, it is, it is classified in the New Testament as a sign and wonder. So by you being baptized in the Holy Spirit or being touched in the tank or like today when I was walking around praying for people and you were being touched by the power of God, you were entering into a realm where God reigns. Wherever God's presence is, the ability to reign is there. That's kingdom culture. It's just not God's presence. He's there, but it's, he's there to do a heart change, a physical change, a soulless change, a spiritual change, um, a, uh, a physical or a, um, a change somewhere in your life as far as the day-to-day -day processes of life. That is kingdom culture. Then I said, you know, when we want to protect what we already have and not move further into the kingdom, we end up losing what we would normally have because, and then I gave the example of the, of the, the, the parable of the talents where the one, the guy, the slave that, that buried his talent, he ended up having to give it away. And then what we talked about <clears throat> is that we were born for the impossible. Not everybody moves in the impossible, but we were all born, let me say it this way, we were born into. When we became a new creature in Christ Jesus, we were born into the impossible because God is the God of the impossible. So we feed our soul and we meditate on the word on the impossible. Do you know that when God actually, you know, gives you a scripture to speak to somebody, you are speaking something that will endure throughout all the ages. Because the Bible says the word will never pass away. So just a simple scripture from God releases the power within that scripture. So tonight, I want to talk to you about part two here is living from the new creation. That sounds good, right? Living from the new creation. We say the kingdom, or we say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But we need to have the power to back it up. And that comes from the spirit of God. The more you, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to invade your life, 
I don't care what home life you have, what atmosphere you live in, what workplace you have. The more that you allow, I don't care the condition of your family. You know, uh, it was kind of like the Benny Hinn story. Who, who, who ever heard of uh, how Benny Hinn and how he was, his whole family, his dad excommunicated him for a while because he got, he believed in Jesus. But even in an atmosphere where he wasn't welcome, he allowed the Holy Spirit to invade and it transformed his atmosphere. It transformed his life and eventually filtered through the family. We are to declare what is in agreement with heaven. That's kingdom living. When we live from the kingdom or the new creation, when we live from the new creation, we are declaring what the new creation has for us. Basically, we are declaring the scriptures. And we are speaking to things that may not exist right now, but will exist in the age to come. And if they exist in the age to come, like no more sickness, no more disease, no more sin, no more demons, then it is meant to exist now because Jesus says the kingdom is now, at hand, now. Are you with me? Do you understand? It's the presence, the presencia. It's the presence is the doorway to the kingdom. I tell people all the time, meditate in the presence because the kingdom will come to you. The kingdom will come. So what do we do? We need to learn to first fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There's no partnership without fellowship. How am I going to partner with somebody I don't know? How, many, how am I going to partner with somebody I don't want to spend time with? So if I'm, going to, if I'm going to fellowship with the Holy Spirit, then what's coming your way? To partner with him in the impossible. And what is the impossible? It's impossible to lead somebody to Jesus. You know that's true, right? Doesn't the Bible say that it's the spirit that draws them to Christ? But he uses, he uses us as a mouthpiece to draw people to Jesus. Even though we're doing the witnessing, he's doing the harvesting. We're out throwing the seed, we're out sowing the seed, and he's reaping the crops. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit until the Holy Spirit invades this place. Now, there was a little bit of an invasion today. Did you feel it? I could feel the glory on me, very so slightly, but I could feel the glory realm. It actually, when I walked in here, it actually changed my whole countenance. 
I got right on me right away. I could feel the presence and the power of God, the glory. I was so tempted to do a miracle service, but I just decided, no, just let's just let's ease into this. I wanted to just do an outpouring. Here's the challenge that I see believers have. Learning to live from the king's domain. We say Jesus is king of kings and lords of lords. Who believes that? I believe it. If he's king of kings and lord of lords, then he has a domain that he rules in. And we need to learn to live in that domain. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. I'm going to read a scripture that is very common to a lot of people. Verses 1 and 2. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice and whole... And by living and holy sacrifice, excuse me, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, let me stop right there. How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, it happens a couple ways. But if you're really going to be renewed, it's going to be by the Spirit giving life to the Word of God in your soul. That's the quickest transformation I know. Is when the Spirit of God becomes such a reality to you that the Word of God becomes a magnet... And when that magnet, when you reach out or you allow that pull, you allow that pull to the word of God, then the presence as you read starts to renew your mind. It's the basic principle. God was there in the beginning. God spoke and the worlds were created. It always has to do with God's presence and God's word. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We know our mind is renewed when the impossible looks logical. That's true. When have you looked at a wheelchair and said, oh, I see it. It's time for you to get up. When we can stare at situations, and I'm not saying that there isn't this inward battle that we have, but when I can logically see the will of God, everything is possible for you. That's kingdom culture. When the impossible starts to look logical, that's kingdom culture. Because that was Jesus' culture. Jesus preached the kingdom. 
And then he did signs and wonders to demonstrate the kingdom. The Bible even talks about, the New Testament talks about, you cannot fully preach the word of God unless it is accompanied by signs and wonders. And the key there is fully. Fully. I can preach the word of God. But to fully preach the word of God is to have the spirit of God move as things are happening. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Ooh. Ooh, I feel heaven stirring in me. The kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The minute you, the minute you entered the kingdom of God through being born again, you entered something that is everlasting. Everlasting. You will always live in that kingdom forever. 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 I'm feeling weird up here. I feel like I'm floating. Forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the devil's kingdom has a time limit? His kingdom will not last forever. His kingdom is going to be completely and utterly destroyed. But Jesus' kingdom is forever. Forever. Let me give you an example. Let's talk real quickly about binding and loosing. We cannot bind or loose something in time when it has not been bound in e or loosed in eternity. Nobody can offer salvation. Here's my point. Nobody can offer you salvation in Christ Jesus unless it is eternal. You can't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit unless it's eternal. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Everything about God and everything in his kingdom and all the acts of God and all the blessings of God are eternal. So I can't bind what God has said is eternal. I can't bind it. But I can bind what is in time. 
I'm really kind of giving you a spiritual key here. Because how many times have you asked Jesus to bind the situation that you're, that's negative, that is, that's, is experienced in this world? Let's just use that as an example. In this world. Or how about this? Have you ever prayed, Jesus, I ask that you loose the kingdom of God on my children. <clears throat> Binding and loosing. See, when we look at Jesus, we have to look at Jesus in two lights. He's eternal and he's God. And the second thing is everything that exists that brings life is from Jesus. Everything. Even our bodies that will die if he does not return soon, our bodies will die. Yet, even though they died, they still live. Oh, come on. Because they will receive the resurrection. So even things that die, that belong in the, in the age to come, will live. Okay. What is bound or loosed in eternity comes through the kingdom and it comes through kingdom law and I use the word law because the word of God is a spiritual law it is a law that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead that spiritual law says you will be born again I want you to know that God is not opposed to the human mind. What God is opposed to here, he opposes the unrenewed part of our minds. That's what God opposes. And he wants to renew it. God stands against unbelief. God stands against sin because he knows that unbelief and sin will not live in Jesus' kingdom. It does not exist. It will not live in the future age of the kingdom. It has no place. So God opposes it and he withstands it in our lives. And things come our way to cause us to go to repentance and to be transformed. And he sends his word. He sends a prophet. He sends the power of God. He does something. 
that will oppose the human mind. Oh, I don't know if my child will ever be healed. And then he heals because he opposed it. I show you. How about Jonah? It took a fish to deal with Jonah's mind, or a whale, actually, probably. My translation says great fish. But he had to deal with that prophet's mind. And he opposed it. He said, now go to Nineveh and preach against it. Why? Because God wanted to renew something. But the prophet's mind, how many times have we opposed God in our mind? Like, oh, I don't know if I should go up there and witness to that person. Well, the devil's not going to tell you to do that. He's not going to go tell you to harvest the soul. <laughs> Listen to what the Bible says here. Romans 8, 5 and 8, and I'm almost done. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh. What does that mean? I am opposing the kingdom. But those who are according to the spirit... The things of the spirit, Paul says. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit. Now watch it. It says it's life and peace. That's what I'm really talking to you about today. I'm talking about life. In the kingdom of God, there is life. The more we interact with the kingdom, the more life we will have. You're saying, well, I'm not exactly sure how much I interact with the kingdom of God. Well, think about your day. How much time do you pray? How much time do you read the word of God? How much time do you soak in the presence? How much time do you train, train your, your children up in the way they should go? How much of that is spent renewing what is real? What is living? Oh, come on, church. I'm, this is a challenge part of the message here. I'll end on a good note in just a second, okay? I want you to think on things that, are, that will bring life, and no matter how hard it is, until you sweat drops of blood, you haven't matched what Jesus went through. You cannot give up on the belief of your children being saved. You can't do it. You can't give up on the belief that your children won't be healed. It's impossible. I have to come to the understanding that is in direct opposition to God's will. So I apply, we apply kingdom principle kingdom culture apply kingdom culture find your situation in the bible find the scriptures in the bible 
And now let the word of God lead your prayer life and lead your declaration. Because now you're speaking life. You're praying life. And what will happen? Life will consume death, just like Jesus did. It will consume it. You know, my mom prayed 25 years for my salvation, but here I stand. My mom can do it. We can do it. Yeah? Come on. I want you to understand that the unrenewed mind is at war with God. I'm coming to the end of it. Here it is. We are at war when we look at the impossible and don't say, Jesus can handle it. And I put my faith in it. And I speak to it. And I read about it. And I pray about it. And then I speak about it. And on and on. How about this? Has anybody ever seen a miracle? Everybody seen, anybody seen a miracle? Well, everybody put out, pull out your phone. Pull out your phone right now. Come on. Pull out your phone. This, this is an exercise. Go to photos. You know where the screen pops up and you're, you've got a picture of me up on the screen, on your phone. And then there's a little thing down there in one of the two corners on the bottom that flips the screen around, and you'll be looking at yourself. That's right, John, you're a miracle. You're a miracle. You were lost, and now you're saved. You were living in death, and now you live in life, John. Just think how, just think, if God can save you, he can really save your kids. <clears throat> See, because once we've seen a miracle, we've lost all rights to think anything different. To think anything different. Once I started in Columbia and I started, I started seeing eyes grow out and that one time, that I was at that one church and I prayed for like 40 different blind people and every single one of them got, got 20-20. Every single one of them. It seemed to be God was showing me that deaf ears and blind eyes were going to see and hear again. And they would pop open and they would see and... You know, you know, when somebody's been blind for life, they're shocked when they look at you. You're not really ugly. They're just shocked that they're looking at you. Because they, they don't have a grid for whatever. Here's the last thing I want to talk about. Uh-oh. Any thought process, that wasn't a prophecy. Any thought process we start through unbelief, that foundational thought 
will begin to build, we will begin to build on it. And here's the thought. Here's the, here's the consequence. We're building that house on sinking sand. Any thought process. The minute I wheel up to Zena and she has a request that is hard for me. It is a spiritual challenge for me. And I, the very first thought that I have is unbelief. I better quit thinking right away. And I better shake it. And I better get rid of it. Because it will lead to another thought. And another thought. And another thought. And I am building my thought on sinking sand. But if I walk up. And I go, all things are possible for those who believe in the power of Jesus' name. If I walk up with that thought, that's what I like to do. I like to say, all things are possible in the power of Jesus' name. Sometimes I'll close my eyes when I have to do a miracle. Because I don't even want to look. I just want to believe. I don't need to see it. I just need to believe. Oh, come on, church. I'm talking to you about kingdom culture. What was going on here in worship? We're going to stand up and we're going to worship. For You're going to play that David Funk thing again, please, Bree. And we're going to worship for 20 more minutes. And then we're going to be dismissed. But this is what I want to ask you. I want us to face our unbelief today. I want you to speak to that mountain that you don't know that the devil continually taunts you with. It could be your children. It could be your job. It could be a family member. It could be, it could be anything. A financial situation. It could be anything. Anything. But until we repent and say... I renounce that thought because it is, it is opposed to the will of God. If it doesn't bring eternal redemption and healing and deliverance and wholeness to your soul, wholeness to your heart, wholeness to your family, a hunger for the word, the hunger for the presence, a, life, a, a family full of life and peace, if it doesn't bring then that is in opposition. And kingdom culture recognizes opposition and resists it. Let's stand. You ready, Bree? We're going to resist. I want you to think of being David and your Goliath is unbelief. Amen? You ready, Bree? I want you to face it. I want you to deal with it. I want you to repent. I want you to renounce it. And then I want you to worship for 20 minutes with God and then be dismissed in Jesus' name.